0: Ignition
1: sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So, if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, or for future preferred co hosts, please contact us. I'll explain that in a minute. You can email us ignition at sfcatholic.org. Ignition at sfcatholic.org. I'm joined in the studio today by Father Paul Rotten. Hi, Father Paul. Hello, Dr. Bergwald. <laughs> Father Paul Rutten, uh, we'll let you introduce yourself in a moment. Um, Father and I today are going to be talking about, uh, I'm really curious and excited, frankly, to get Father's answer to this question that I ask our guests on occasion. Um, what does it mean to be Christian? Uh, a couple weeks ago, I uh, asked Chris Moats that question, and today gonna, I look forward to hearing Father Paul Rutten's answer to that question. What does it mean to be Christian? What does it mean to be Christian? Uh, Before we get into that though, in case you've never listened to Ignition before, uh, my name again is Dr. Chris Bergwald. I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Been in that role since 2002. But more importantly, since 1999, I have been Germaine's husband. Uh, Married to my wife Germaine since July 31st of 99, so 20 years this year as we're recording. and we have five kids. Jermaine's from Ohio. I'm from, from central Minnesota, but all five of our kids are born and raised in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, as the telemarketers like to say. <laughs> Father, uh, who are you? Who am I? Currently,
0: I am the pastor of St. Mary Parish here in Sioux
1: Falls. And where are you from? <laughs> you got to <laughs> uh, say more than No, no, no I'm, I'm no, not going to leave. Is that all? I was going to make you work for it. Jeez. Um,
0: I am technically, uh, well, I am from, born and raised in Sioux Falls, but we lived in Larchwood, Iowa for just a few moments, uh, and then moved to Del Rapids, and then moved to Sioux Falls. You tried Larchwood, said never mind. Well, once I was born, they realized we had to live somewhere else, and they moved. Uh, really, <laughs> Sioux Falls has been home for the most part. I was about four, uh, almost four, three and a half when okay. we moved to Sioux Falls, so I consider it home. Uh yeah, so pretty much a Sioux Falls North End uh, kid. Uh, yeah,
1: lived. Ordained when? I was ordained in 2002. So 17 years. 17 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you went to South Dakota State? I did, yep. Uh, so after graduating from
0: a Warman High School, I went to South Dakota State,
1: go Jacks. Uh studied
0: engineering. Uh, and then as I was finishing up there, <clears throat> uh, discerned the possibility of a priestly vocation, and then transferred to the University of St. Thomas, where I finished my degree, uh, and then continued on to major theology.
1: So what is, what's your what's your undergrad degree in?
0: Uh, well, it's really kind of a weird title. I don't know. I just always say mechanical engineering. because so it was? I mean, that's pretty much all of what I studied at SDSU. So,
1: But at uh, St. Thomas, you studied ph- they, probably philosophy? I philosophy as well,
0: and yeah. they had just started an engineering program, and so they had this kind of weird... A uh, title attached to okay. it, but it was okay. engineering.
1: Engineering, yep. Okay, so and now you engineer souls.
0: And now I engineer souls. <laughs> uh, at, yeah,
1: great. So um, you're also you also have a your own podcast and radio show. Correct. Correct. I am part.
0: <laughs> I'm part of the three-legged monster known as Rutten Radio, uh, which airs once a month uh, on this
1: radio station as um. well. So with your your twin brothers Joe and Father John, correct. Okay, so I'm sorry. Just yeah, no. That out of so. yeah. Um, all right. So I realized I've never had you on Ignition before. And I don't take it personal. Thank you. You're not no. the only guest recently. Eric Gallagher, my colleague for... Hama- right? Right. right. Uh, I yeah. When you're always looking on. for people, you're like,
0: hmm, I wonder <laughs> if there's anybody that could be on my show. I wonder if anyone could be on my show. Can anyone think of someone? <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not the guy next door.
1: <laughs> I will, okay, never mind. Uh, right. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, Father Paul Rutten. Yes. What does it mean to be Christian? There you go. It's
0: a good question. Uh,
1: Why why is it a good question?
0: Because I think we think it's an easy answer. And it's not really sort of an easy answer. uh, Because I think we associate being a Christian with the things Christians do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so while we do those things, we don't really ask the question like, well, why do we do those Mm -hmm. things in the midst of it all? Um, And so the question... Quote that I probably use the most, which I was really actually quite floored, uh, is Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Uh, so, being Christian is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea, but the encounter with an event, a person, which gives life a new horizon and a
1: decisive direction. So that's from his first encyclical letter, "God is Love" in Latin, right. Deus Caritas Est. Right. Article one or two, one of the very uh, yeah. we very early. On. Right at the beginning. Yep. And I was actually quite
0: surprised. Uh, I can still remember when when Pope Benedict published it, it was, I'm like, God is love. I'm like, like the, the Ratzinger, like a German writing about love. Uh, really? Clearly like,
1: you'd never read Ratzinger before. No, 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 reason. no, no. I mean, and I had read him, but it was this
0: reality, like, you know, his position in the church, he sure. was responsible yep. doctrine of faith. And, yep. you know, they called him, yep. you know, the, the Rottweiler, yep. like, like all these the things, the grand inquisitor, yeah, yep. the grand inquisitor, and all these things were associated with him. And he, he was just kind of, so I was really sort of a taken back, but pleased at the same time because, as much as I loved Saint John Paul II, it was just so hard to read. Like, <laughs> like, you'd read it and you're like, "What did it?" Well, like you'd read it and then you're like, "What?" And, I, and it was like, I, was, I just it I was just, like a fresh <laughs> glass of water and it was easy. And
1: I'm like, "This is beautiful." Like simple terms. Uh, I don't know my long time the the reason i never needed you on ignition is because for years father andrew dickinson was my co-host as you're well aware yep. um and father dickinson who studied chemistry in college
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah but what you're just saying right now i'm like okay the, the, the two now i wasn't but i was an engineering major so i don't know how it makes sense out of this but i know I remember that the both of you just uh were not your words my word but are annoyed we're annoyed at JP2's like style oh, really. <laughs> it was
0: it was so hard now some of that's cuz he's a phenomenologist and, right, the and again the other reality here. that we don't really think about is he's polish so he thinks in one language and then has to write in another. It gets translated. All those kinds of things. Uh, and I am
1: part German, right? So I think there's right. some
0: t- kinship. You're, you're drawing um,
1: more to the German style of w- Benedict
0: with it as well. Okay. So,
1: so, so that's so. So, where you're going with that is, <laughs> we usually go to what does it mean? How do you do Christian? But, but, well, the question is, how do you be Christian? And and that that sentence from Pope Benedict really struck you
0: yeah it does because I think we we see it in, in, in an ethical way or like this just grand idea mm-hmm. uh and and so it it's it's the wrong sort of direction it's putting the impetus on on me in this way versus it's really a response I mean, Christianity is a response to to God who is loving us mm-hmm. uh, this this real reality the challenge I think that we can face with this is well, how, what does that look like then? What does, you know, what does God loving me look like mm-hmm. or my response to, to God loving me and, in the midst of it all? And in fact, today at, at daily mass, I had kind of this little epiphany uh, and I said, you know, one of the challenges that we face with Christianity is people want to say, well, prove it. And we say, well, you can't like, it's not, you can't put it on a microscope and you can't dissect mm-hmm. it. But I do think that you could sort of have a lab. So, like, just like chemistry, uh, I'm taught that if you mix these chemicals and you do it right, uh, things will happen. And you can think about it, but then the minute you put them all together and it really works, you're like, oh my gosh, like this really worked. Right. And so, I think this idea of actually telling a young person, in a sense, about Christianity, about experiencing God, about responding or not responding, and then actually telling them, now go try it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not because you have to to do it, but there is this need to to sort of say, does it really work? You know, does Christianity really work? And what does that mean by work? Uh, And sometimes I think what that means by work is that everything's going to go my way. Right. Uh, You know, that if I just pray hard enough, you know, like I I, I get really nervous, you know, some of people will say, well, just if we just pray hard enough and I'm like, eh, no, they could still die.
1: Right. Right. (laughs)
0: Like you might not get a job or, you know, like, like we think, and then the poor person's like, well, so then we didn't pray hard enough right? or I wasn't holy enough. And that's why my dad didn't get healed and your dad did. And like, no, 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 no. I mean, that's, but I, that is a, I think a form of of Christianity in, in the midst of it all. Um,
1: yeah. So I want to go to the part of the quote then, um, because that is, that's also um, a favorite quote of mine. Could you read it again? This is from Pope Benedict's letter, Davis Cartas asked, God is love.
0: Sure. Being Christian <clears throat> is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea, but the encounter with an event, a person which gives
1: life a new horizon in a decisive direction. So Christianity is the result of uh, the encounter with an event, a person, and that it's Jesus Christ. Right. What's interesting to me, frankly, very intriguing to me about that quote, um, and it speaks to me, I think to the heart of what we're talking about today, is um, he's with an event, a person, implying that they're synonyms in this case. Mm-hmm. So Jesus Christ is someone but he's also an event. Right. What does that mean? What does it mean to say that Jesus is an event that it's an encounter with an event, a person. I guess I would say
0: if someone was asking me, it's actually two events. It's the event of the incarnation. So God becoming man, God becoming man. And then the event of me encountering Christ. Okay. Uh, And so it's both hand, you know, so they encountered God before, but never had they encountered God as a man. Mm. Uh, And so that event really changed everything. As they say, I mean, it changed humanity uh, by God because he can't, he didn't undo it. He didn't like, once he died, it's like, well, we're done with my, you know, we're done with humanity. I don't need my humanity anymore. Mm -hmm. I'll just get rid of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, He, 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 it's still all together. And so it's a both hand. And I think the other challenge is, It's not just once, you know, it's not just one time meeting Christ and then I'm good. And then my, you know, it's this constant, like constantly encountering him and, and being changed and being redirected, uh, and having, you know, a decisive choice to make again and again. So it's an ongoing, uh, reality for us as well.
1: Do you have an example from your life recently, distant past, uh, that comes to mind where y- you can say this: these words from Pope mm-hmm. Benedict describe the reality of what I experienced as a disciple as well?
0: Yeah, I suppose there would be a couple. Uh, I can still remember one time while in high school at O'Gorman at one of the masses, uh, we sang the song that not everybody likes, but the Here I Am Lord. Mm. Uh, and you know, some people think it's cheesy. But there really was a sense as I was singing it that he was really asking me this question. Like, would you go wherever? Would you do what I want? Like, are you really? And so all of a sudden, as I began to sing the words, I realized, like, this isn't just a word that I'm saying. Like, am I really willing to go or to do? Uh, And it kind of scared me. Uh, I'm like, wait a minute, I don't know if I want to sing this song anymore. Uh, So much so that I can still remember, like, the area of the auditorium that I was sitting in. Like it was just so profound and it hadn't happened before. I mean, it sang the song all kinds of times and it didn't always happen after, but it was this sort of moment where the song was more than just singing a song. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like there was someone who had been asking a question and was and I was giving a response
1: uh, in the midst of that. So that was, that was. Uh, I mean, I know because we're the same age. That was a long time yep, ago. It was
0: a long time ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago, but that would be, I think again, and this is where I say like that, like that high school theology class, like it would have been helpful. I don't know if I would have talked about it, but it would have been helpful to be in a class where they would say, welcome to Christianity. Right. Like this is what it, like like this is happening Mm -hmm. all over the place, but nobody knows what to do with it. So nobody wants to talk about it Mm -hmm. because they all think you're, you got something going on. Whereas if we could have high school kids say, no, you're supposed to have this happen. Mm Because it's not just a one and done again. It wasn't enough that it happened once, but it was this idea that for the first time there was someone else that had a plan or a thought. And was I really willing to follow okay. uh, in the midst of all of
1: that? Given another event events less than 20 years old <laughs> Um. <laughs> instance?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you just sort of stop and you think about lots of times where, um, no, I gotta think
1: like just recent because so yeah. while well, you're thinking, I'll, I'll go ahead and feel because I, I don't know about a rut Well, no, I know on rut. There's no such thing as dead air on rut no, radio. no, but, but see, here's the thing: you so, weren't
0: listening, you didn't listen to our last episode, <laughs> no, did you? No, Oh, well,
1: was there dead air? No, no, it
0: wasn't dead air. My brother Joe asked me a question in the episode the month before.
1: Oh, and yes, and I didn't have the answer,
0: and so I answered him a month later. Right, so we don't have a month to come no, up with an answer. No,
1: and I might not have have you, you on again for seventeen so, more years. Here,
0: here would be the thing that I'm sort of pondering that. I think answers it, but why I was hesitant is I didn't, didn't know if it really answered it. So on Sunday, I'm at this last Sunday, this last, this past Sunday, as we're recording, I was at coffee and rolls wandering around talking to people. And this little kid comes up. And so I, you know, kneel down to talk to him and, and he says, how did you get off the cross? To you? To me. Wow. And I said, what? And he said, well, you were just up on the cross. And I said, um, no, no, I, I wasn't on the cross, you know, that's, that that's Jesus on the cross. And, and he said, well, yeah, I know, but how did you get off the cross then? Like, and he was really,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was this real moment of this question that, you know, do I really believe that, that as a priest, I'm in persona Christi, I don't just act like Jesus or I'm not supposed to act like Jesus or, you know, I intend to, but that there really is this. Real transformation for me as a person uh, in a configuration to Christ. So that this little boy really was asking a legitimate question: mm-hmm. How does Christ come off of the cross and then stand here and have coffee and rolls? <laughs> uh, and and it for me is is. Still, I'm still working through it, so yeah. I have a month. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> well, not necessarily. I'm been to you back for a while. Uh,
0: yeah, but but it is this idea that that event. So for me, the event was sort of in a reverse. This idea of me encountering Christ, but through a child asking a question right. about my identity. Yep. Uh, and the mother was trying to you know downplay it all too because we always you know there's this. I think there's this danger of clericalism, and I think we miss it, and we don't really know how best to explain the priesthood. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what is a priest? And well, they, they're sort of they do these things, but how am I configured to Christ? And so, in what way am I Christ uh, different than the way in which you're Christ in yep. the different way three people gather together? Right. But so for me, it really was an e- it, it was an event um, or an encounter. With an event, this kid asking me this question, how did I come off the cross? Mm. <laughs> As I'm standing here
1: having cough. That's, good. That's so. good. Because the reality is that, so if this is what Christianity is, um, this is always happening, or, or yeah, it's yeah. always happening, but am I aware of it? Right. I'm, I'm encountering, I am encountering Christ in the midst of this recording of this podcast and radio show episode. Am I aware of it? Mm, Not nearly enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet that's the reality. Mm -hmm. We encounter Christ, um, and he's going to think this is a joke, but Kevin, uh, our engineer, who's who's the man behind the scenes, if you will, uh, you and I have the opportunity to, even though we're not looking at him right now, to encounter Christ through him in the midst of this. Too often, obviously, for for the vast majority of us, certainly for myself, too often those opportunities to encounter our Lord um, go by the wayside, but he's there waiting for Mm -hmm. me to notice him, to see him, to gaze at him. And maybe again, that's why I, the more
0: I think, you know, it it isn't really a joke. We really should offer a class for high school kids with a lab. Right. (laughs) Right. If what you just said is true.
1: Yes. then
0: they should be able to every day uh, either point to a moment where they think they missed him or a moment where they experienced his presence in the midst of it. Uh, If they want to call themselves a Christian, and even if they don't want to call themselves a Christian, like Christ shows up to everyone,
1: you know? yeah, yeah, Uh, He came to save
0: everyone. Uh, And, and so he, and thus when we encounter people, uh, people are, are changed uh, or they have an opportunity uh, to meet Christ.
1: Amen. Um, the other reason I think the lab idea works is because Christianity, as Benedict says, is not just the the result of a lofty idea. So it's not just a theory. It's right. about a way of life. Right. So if it's a way of life, then by my living life, uh, in, a, in a way, I should be able to verify the truth of the claim mm-hmm. of the proposal. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition. This is a broadcast for the New Evangelization. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald, and uh, talking together with Father Paul Rutten today about his answer to the question, what does it mean to be Christian? What does it mean to be Christian?
0: Um, all right. What's next? What else? The other aspect I think to be Christian, uh, is to be aware of our limitation. You know, again, we live in a culture today, which says you can do anything. You can be anything if you try mm-hmm. hard enough. And it sounds nice, but it's not true. Like, like, I no, I, I cannot play basketball professionally. Like it's just not gonna happen.
1: But wait, um, but wait, no, 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 no. You haven't tried hard enough.
0: Right. I'm five foot six, I'm forty-five years old, I am not Sp- <laughs> ask my brother Joe. Sp- There's always Spud Web. Spud web. There's always Spud Web. Spud Web. I do not have the genetics to play basketball professionally. You're la but, you're, you're lazy. And I'm lazy. Yep. You're, you're- there you go. Uh, and so I do think that we treat Christianity this way. And I know right. you're being devil's advocate, uh, but we say this and, and we, you know, and we want to motivate people. And we always find the example of the person spud web. I always know it's going to be spud web, <laughs> except for these young kids. They're like, who? Spud what? I, so. uh, and I'm like spud Webb. The little He's a little guy. Look Google, him up. Google him. Google him. You'd be <laughs> surprised how high he can jump. Uh, and it's good to be motivated and to really try like to set you to so not limit yourself. But at the same time, like, there are limitations. And, and so in that, the, the Christianity, when I bump up against my limitation, is it's the moment in which I then need grace. And it's an opportunity then to experience God doing for me what I could not do for myself. You know, and I think Christ gets at that, you know, when, when he says, even the pagans, like, do nice things. Right. Like, even pagans have dinners and pagans loan money and pagans do all kinds of things. Pagans can do Christian things. Yep. And so it's not just that I do a Christian thing that, that makes me Christian, but it really is, where does this desire to do this come from? And then at the same time, can I experience something and I have to say that wasn't because I tried harder? You know, again, back to this idea of the, of the priesthood. When I celebrate Mass or any priest celebrates Mass, he actually changes bread and wine into the body and blood of, of Christ. Like not because he tried really hard and he practiced and he learned how to do it. And like these magic spells, and if you just practice and it's going to happen, but because he's been configured by Christ. And so he can do something that's not possible, Mm -hmm. humanly speaking. Mm -hmm. And so the the challenge though is I don't always understand how, when I have to like bump up against my humanity to really like step back and say, well, Chris, you're going to have to do this for me. And either it doesn't turn out the way I think it should, or I still struggle, you know, those kinds of things uh, in, in the midst of it. But to really experience uh, Christ working, like, and I'm like, wow, that wasn't me. Uh, that really was Christ uh, that changed me uh, or did for me what I could not do
1: on my own. So so to be a Christian means to recognize my limitations, um, because the, the fact that mm-hmm. I am as a matter of complete and utter fact, completely dependent on God for everything, for everything right now, he is sustaining me in existence. Mm-hmm. If he were not aware of me, weren't loving me, I would cease to exist. Yep. There'd be no poof. There'd be no, this is why did you see end game by the way, father? Yes. Did you, did you see uh, Infinity War before that? Yes. Said that too. Um, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Infinity War, don't, don't, haven't seen Avengers Infinity War, don't listen to the rest of this podcast, but um, they, they turned to Ash. Right. At the end. No! No, well, if, if I were to cease to exist, there'd be nothing. There's right. no ash. There's no, no way, ash. Because no you're still there. Still, Exactly. If God didn't think I would cease to exist, I'm, I am completely dependent on him. Mm-hmm. Christianity means recognizing, among other things, it means recognizing that complete and utter dependence mm-hmm. on him and turning him, trusting that in everything, he will supply my every need. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. Yeah. I just think that... Um, yeah, to what what you describe, try harder. That's plagiarism, right? That's a, that's a heresy. But we but we
0: do that,
1: yeah. like we and we, we do that, like to try to counsel people. Yeah, like we'll yeah. just
0: try harder. Yeah. No. <sighs> no. Father's rolling his eyes right I now. It's like, uh, I think maybe what we should say is desire. Like, like I can have a desire. Like, so desire it, and mm-hmm. then tell God your desire. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be patient. Lord, I want to be patient, uh, but I, I can't help myself. Yep. Like, I just can't. As much as I want to try, I can't help myself.
1: So so uh, that's where there's a line, um, you know, the Italian priest, deceased now, but uh, Monsignor Luigi Giussani, oh, yep. uh, who said that the, the, the protagonist of history, the hero of history um, is the beggar. The beggar is the protagonist, the hero of history. Christ who begs for the heart of man, but man who begs for Christ. So do I beg for Jesus? Do I beg him for the grace to be a more patient husband and father? <laughs> or do I just, I just got to try harder. Right.
0: Yeah. Or I, I may, I think that I just have to create the environment. So what we happens is we get, begin to, to isolate ourselves from the people uh, that, that make it difficult for us. And so we just don't socialize with them. We don't go around them. I don't, you know, all of these things. And, and then we think, well, see, look, I'm a great Christian because I'm really nice. <laughs> right. Because the only friends I have are the friends that agree with me. And, you know, uh, and that ability to really put yourself uh, in a position where you're, you're stuck with somebody that you can't, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I do think that's why it is kind of humorous that often in marriages, you marry somebody completely opposite and thus you're constantly, you know, having to, to need grace. Right. Uh, and it's not just a matter of getting along, uh, but asking for that grace
1: that we need. Yeah, it's because to, and begging for it. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with the confidence that he'll grant it, but still that it's a gift that I do not deserve. Uh, so I need it because of my poverty, but God is still free in his giving it to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father, we have got like literally a minute left. Any cl- final closing thoughts? I would say uh, to ask
0: Christ to help you see what it means to be a Christian. Mm. Like to let him, like to really say, Lord, what, what does this look like for me? Mm. Uh, And then look, Uh, take the experiment and really be conscious. And and at the end of the day, or, you know, to say, is there any moment, was there anything today that was different? Uh, Not because I did anything different, but because something was different. Like when I sang the song, it was different begin to look for christ for he's there all the time so
1: do the experiment do the experiment get in the lab which is your life and then tell somebody about it yeah 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 yeah. report on your results Yeah, report on it absolutely father i can't believe it's taken me however many many years 381 episodes to have you on i can (laughs) Um, only because because i do a lot of other things and
0: you know that yes and so you were charitable and not asking me to do one more thing thanks for being here father
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And that will wrap up up this episode of Ignition. Again, email us, ignition at sfcathetic.org with any questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes.
0: And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.